0: Well, I'm, sh- I'm sure that it's on everybody's hearts and minds today, the terrible tragedy that happened in Florida on Wednesday, and we're going to be spending time with that in a little while here. You may have noticed that things are a little different this morning, the lights are a little different, we have something going on up here, and uh, I believe the Lord has given me something for the church, for you, in light of that. So we'll be getting to that in just a few moments, which is why we've invited and asked the middle school students to remain in the service today, because it's for them too. And so um, before we do that, and before we receive our offering, however, we have a brief testimony to hear from Pat Plummer. Come on up, Pat. And Pat, uh, she's just been the recipient of blessings from her home group, and this is a testimony to the Lord and to the power of home groups. So
1: welcome, Pat, would you? Go on. Please forgive me for reading this, but I probably would forget half of it because I'm so scared being up front. My blessings came when I started coming to the Vineyard Christian Fellowship Church in 2002. Shortly thereafter, I joined a home group, now called Life Groups. This group has helped paint a room in my house, fixed an electrical problem, and installed a floor in my bedroom. This is not what home groups are for, but they felt a need in their hearts to help me. Recently, a serious drainage problem occurred, and after four companies evaluated the problem, it was determined that the concrete floor had to be torn up to repair the damage. At that point, I asked God to help because I didn't have the resources to pay for the extreme cost of repair. I said, God, You are in control. And from that point on, he took over. I asked my home group to pray for God's intervention. I filled out a connection card for prayer. And I asked my friends and family to pray also. My home group leader prayed for the damage to be at the bathroom sink. And, and the company started out at the sink, and that's exactly where the problem was. God went to work, and much to my surprise, my family, my friends, and my home group came together to pay the total amount I needed. All we have to do is ask God's help and trust in him to provide for our needs. You have to have faith, and honestly believe, and God will always come through for us. Just remember, no matter where we are in our walk with God, he is always right there walking beside us. God is the most precious person in my life. Thank you.
0: Pray with me, church. Lord, we bow before you and we come so grateful that you have made a place like this, that you have made a a real place with real people, and that as we come together as the, the family of the Lord, that you meet our needs. God, I thank you for this testimony. I thank you for what it says about you and about what you're doing here. We just pray now, Father, that as we bow before you with gratitude and and as we just take a minute to receive this offering that your holy spirit will be pleased to be here to inspire us to receive our praise to heal us to move among us in power and wonder and to do what you do best lord we pray for this offering as we receive it we pray your blessing on it and uh, that it would minister the power of god the gospel of jesus in this community and in the places around the world you've privileged us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have a Bible, please turn to Psalm 91. Psalm 91. The Bible says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Did you hear that? He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night. Nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you make the Most High your dwelling, even the Lord, who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him. For he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him to show him my salvation. One of the roles of a pastor in any age has been to attempt to bring a prayerful perspective to major events especially catastrophic events to the people that he or she serves in their fellowship. And in addition to bringing clear and relevant teaching from the Bible on how to walk as a Christian in the current age, pastors are called upon to bring a biblical perspective to events that capture wide attention Last Sunday, we stood together for a moment of silence, followed by a time of prayer in honor of two area police officers who lost their lives in the line of duty. Our flag was posted at half-mast, our hearts were sad, and our heads were bowed as we lifted those men and their families up to the Lord in prayer. For a second week in a row, our flag hangs at half-mast. Today it does so in sorrowful commemoration of 17 people in Florida who lost their lives on Wednesday at the hands of a vicious gunman. Fourteen students and three staff members were killed without warning simply because they were where they were supposed to be and doing what they were supposed to be doing at a public high school in Parkland, Florida. This is not an entirely unfamiliar story. Violence in our society is staggering. Something has gone terribly wrong in our country. While we are the most prosperous nation in the world, we are also the most violent in terms of non military aggression. So many questions run through our minds. How could such a thing even happen? Where were the people who were supposed to be intercepting and disarming such a person? Could such a terrible thing happen in our community? I'm sure that many of you joined with me in a sense of deep loss and sadness on Wednesday evening and Thursday. It's hard not to picture the whole thing, isn't it? It was hard not to stare at the television on 9-11 and watch the replay Of the collapse of the Twin Towers. It was hard on Thursday to stop thinking about the fear of the students and staff, followed by the deep sorrow of an entire community. So I took up my post on my knees on Thursday and asked God how I can possibly bring some appropriate perspective to all of you today. I prayed what you prayed. I asked God how such a terrible thing could happen. I asked God to wrap himself around the families of that community. I asked Him to give the believers there the opportunity to bring the comfort of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't too long into that process that Psalm 91 came into view. Some of our staff is now reading a book together called The Secrets of the Secret Place. In the opening pages, the author tells a story, the point of which is that when we are in trouble, we should call 911. In that thought, he said the Holy Spirit prompted him to read 911 as Psalm 91 1. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. So that's what we do today. We dwell in in the shelter of the Most High. We run to God. But while we are safely ensconced more than 1,100 miles away from Parkland, Florida, I asked the Lord, but what are we to do while we're dwelling in your shelter? I believe the Lord spoke four things to me. First, I believe he said that we have to feel it. We gotta feel it we should absolutely allow ourselves to feel this terrible loss. God made us as emotional beings. The Bible is filled with expressions of the full gamut of emotions, ranging from David's anger to the tears of Jesus outside the tomb of his friend Lazarus. We're designed to express emotion for the things that we truly value. So, we're filled with joy when a baby is born, and we're struck with grief when we lay a loved one to rest. Our emotions are declarations of the things we value. And in the face of this tragic event in Florida this week, the whole country lost. And we must allow ourselves to feel this as a statement of the life we value that was lost, and another piece of our free society that we lost. That community will likely never be free again. The moment we stop feeling emotion for these events is the moment the devil has won. I believe it's the agenda of evil to try to cause us to simply put this in a file of things that are wrong with the world that we can't do anything about. And I think the progression of evil is to lead us down a path where our response is simply, oh no, not another one. Because when we cease to feel the depth of these tragedies, we effectively devalue the lives that were lost. And devaluing life is clearly the devil's agenda for our country on virtually every front. And in your emotional expressions, please don't simply settle for fear. Fear is such a cheap emotion and it doesn't look good on God's people. Fear is part of the enemy's plan to cause you to doubt the sovereignty of God. I understand how some will initially feel anxiety and fear, but please don't stop there. Don't settle for it when there are so much richer and more important emotional expressions inside of you. I exhort you all in the name of the Lord Jesus to let yourself feel this terrible tragedy. You know, it's recently become my happy privilege to inherit a high school youth ministry. And I am enjoying every minute of it and have quickly fallen in love with the kids who are coming around. I, I really do love them. But that's, that's only made this whole thing worse. Because I know that those kids who suddenly lost their lives on Wednesday we're very much like the ones who joined me on Sundays. And that makes this personal for me. And it makes it emotional. While I felt sad on Thursday, the full weight of emotion from this didn't hit me until yesterday. I was actually praying with a high school student and her mother. And as the three of us were holding hands and praying in a circle... I just began to cry. I suppose it may have weirded them out some, but I just couldn't help myself. As I was praying with the two of them, I suddenly I suddenly became grateful that I wasn't just praying with Mom, that some pastors in Parkland, Florida are right now praying with families who are missing a teenager. That's when I felt it the most. How about you? Have you allowed yourself to feel the depth of this depravity? Have you been able to imagine the lives of mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers and grandparents? I hope you'll fight the devil in this by allowing yourself to do what God has designed you to do feel it. The second thing I believe I heard the Lord say was to condemn it. Condemn it. What happened in Florida this week was evil, and we need to call it and condemn it as such. I think many of our hearts bent when we learned of the tragic circumstances under which the person who did this grew up. No parents. His adoptive father died years ago, and his adoptive mother died three months ago. He was taken in by the family of another student. His story is tragic, and we should never lose sight of that. But his deeds were evil. He was somehow recruited by the devil to visit evil on that school. His deeds were not misguided, they were evil. He was not mentally ill, he was demonized. And by evil I mean that what he did was motivated from the bowels of hell. When we talk about evil, we mean that it is of Satan. It is not of human origins. Perhaps many here today have been angry enough in some moment of your lives when you envisioned exacting revenge on someone who had wronged you. This is a recognizable symptom of the fallen human condition. But randomly and mercilessly taking lives is not human. It's evil. We cannot and should not condemn the person who did this. Those judgments are for God alone. But we can and should condemn evil wherever we see it. Third thing I heard the Lord say was we need to pray it. Psalm 91, which I read for you earlier, makes some powerful promises about the protection of God, doesn't it? But for whom is this protection promised? It is promised for those who answer the call of the first verse. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. You read down to verse 9 and it says, If you make the Most High your dwelling, if... If, if, if you make the most high your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Will you tread upon the lion and the cobra? You'll trample the great lion and the serpent. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. If, If you make the Most High your dwelling, that means that for those who diligently seek the Lord, then they can live in utmost assurance that God will always protect them from anything that is outside of God's perfect will. So, my point is that there is something we can do, there is something we can do to protect our children from evil. We can pray for God to do it for us. We have been offered the power as born-again, spirit-filled believers to invoke the protection of God. Many of you know that what would number thousands of times by now after all these years, I have walked around the perimeter of this property for the singular purpose of praying God's fortified protection around us. What you may not know is that about ten years ago, I began to wonder if it was real. I began to wonder if it was something in my head. And so I... One day I went out into the hiding place. That's the little building out there in the field. It's just a place to pray. It's not much, but it's everything. And I went out of the hiding place and I asked God, is this wall real? And I asked him, and as I went out there, my Bible fell open to the book of Zechariah. Now, I am not a fan of Bible roulette. (laughs) But I was calling out to God, is the wall real? My Bible fell open to the book of Zechariah. Not a book that's well known to me. I'm still trying to master the Sermon on the Mount and the book of James. But it fell open, and my eyes tracked to these verses. Then the angel who was speaking to me left, and another angel came to meet him and said to him, run, tell that young man, Jerusalem will be a city without walls because of the great number of men and livestock in it. Catch this, and I myself will be a wall of fire around it, declares the Lord, and I will be its glory within. You can't make this stuff up. We have the power to invoke protection. And so, I continue to walk the wall. I hope many of you answered my call from last week to pray the loop and drive around I-270 and pray, for God's protection on the police departments of our cities and towns. I hope you did that. I hope you don't just come here and settle for the stirring. I don't give this stuff out lightly. I hope you did that. When I was doing it early yesterday morning, as I was driving toward 270, driving through the village of Grove City, I was prompted by the Holy Spirit to drive around the block of the Grove City Police Department and declare protection, a hedge of protection around our officers. We have that power. In Psalm 91, it says you have that power if we'll make the most higher dwelling. Do we believe this, yes or no? Is it the truth of God, yes or no? Then what it says is right. That if we make the Most High our dwelling, then He will protect us. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18 tells us to put on the full armor of God. It says that's something we can do. You so say, why would I want to do that? Well, because of what it says. It says, so when the day of evil comes, not if the day of evil comes, so when the day of evil comes, was Wednesday a day of evil in Florida? Yes or no? For when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, you can stand in the power of the Lord. You have that power. Are you praying it? Are you praying for God's protection? Are you praying for God's protection around our schools? Are you putting up a wall? I literally push my kids and my grandkids into a mental circle that I make when I pray every morning. Many of you have been in my living room and can picture this. There's a space there where I just walk a circle and I declare that to be the kingdom of God and in that circle, I push each one of my kids, each one of my grandkids by name, I push them in there and I pray for them and the last thing that I do is I draw the sword of the Spirit, I literally do this, I hold my hand like this and I walk around the perimeter of that circle, rebuking Satan and his plan for my family and declaring the protection of God on them. You have that power. Are you doing it? Some of you might think that just sounds crazy, but what's crazy, I think, is to allow what the devil is doing in our country to cripple us with fear instead of rising up in power. Time to pray, beloved. Time to stop talking about praying. It's time to pray. It's time to stop coming up with the excuses about why I'm not going to get together with other believers and pray and pray. It's time to pray. Earnestly, passionately, specifically daily, because there is something that we can do about this. And in just a few moments, we're actually going to pray that protection on the middle school and high school students in this room we're going to invoke the very protection of God on them. But first, there's one more thing the Lord commanded me to say to you, and that's to be ready for it. Be ready for it. The Bible clearly says that it's appointed unto every man once to die, and after that, the judgment. Is everyone ready for that? Is everyone here sure that they are ready to face the judgment of God on the day He chooses to call it? You may be wondering, well, how can anybody be sure of being on the right side on that day? How can anyone be sure that they've been good enough to get into heaven? Well, the Bible says it is not about being good enough. Every person in this room right now can have the full assurance of going to heaven if they can say with confidence that they are personally trusting in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord of their lives. Only Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross will carry us over. No amount of being a good person can or will carry you through the judgment. The Bible says it is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Are you ready? Can you say with deep confidence... That you have faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord and is your life reflecting that? I want you to consider the two graphics behind me. I want you to look at them and I want you to say, which one am I? Which one are you? The person on the left is separated from God, separated by sin. They're not ready. That person is not ready. That person isn't ready to face the judgment. They are separated from God then. They will be separated from God forever. The person on the right has come to the amazing realization that Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross was the perfect fit between man and God and the only way to have the sin remedied and that by having faith in his name, not only are they saved for later, they're saved now and are walking with God now. And so the question is, which one are you? And that's a question only you can answer. And if you're saying, I, I don't know, then you're on the left. And right now there are some of you sitting there going, I want to change this. I want to, I want to get this right right now, right here. Well, Jesus said, If you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. And if you do not confess me before men, I will not confess you before my Father in heaven. And so while the decision to come to Christ Is an entirely personal matter. Only you can decide. It is a personal matter. Being a Christian is a completely public matter. And so you hold all the control right now as to what you're going to do right now. But as your pastor, I believe the word of the Lord is be ready. Be ready. If there are some of you, you're sitting there right now and you're saying, I'm ready, I'm ready to change, I'm ready to move from the left side to the right side, I'm ready to move, I'm ready to invite Jesus Christ into my life as my Savior and as my Lord. I want to live for him. If that's you, and only only you now, only you who are feeling, believing, deciding this, only you, if that's you, I want you to stand up right where you are and make a public confession of it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I want to take spiritual authority over this room right now and I want to rebuke Satan when he's causing you to sit when you want to stand. That inside of some of you is a desire to stand today and something is holding you down. I take spiritual authority over that in the name of Jesus and I rebuke Satan and say set them free in the name of Jesus so they can stand and claim the salvation that is ready to be theirs today. Praise the Lord. Now, church, listen very careful with me. Listen. As these people are standing, I want to ask you this question How many of you have taken Pastor Rob's evangelism training class? Raise your hand and hold it up high. That means that you know exactly how to lead somebody to Jesus Christ. So I want you to get up from where you are and go to these people who are standing and lead them to Jesus Christ. So have someone else come with Michael so that couple, can a a woman come and share in that also? this is the most important thing that could happen today. The Bible says that the angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner who repents. That's what's happening. Now what I want to ask you to do is to take these people, some of you can go into this prayer room here, some of you can go out into the lobby, but so that you can talk and you can have a personal opportunity to pray with them, answer any question that they might have about what's going on. But I want you to to relocate with them right now so that I'm sure that everybody who is ready to do this is getting Don please go Praise the Lord. Thank you Don. I mean to be quite that way. Just get somewhere where you can have a conversation. Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord, church. Did someone pray with Carol? I need, in the plaid shirt right there. Oh, Vicky. okay, thank you. I want to make sure, anybody. Now listen to me. Now it's time for us to pray protection on our students. And I'm asking that every high school student, every middle school student, and your parents come up to the front right now. Please come up to the front right now. Every high school student, every middle school student, and every parent who is here with them to come up here right now. Because we're going to pray... What is ours to pray, and that's to protect. Just come on, fill in the middle. Come on over, come on. Come on up real close, right up. Come on. Come on, fill in the middle. Fill in the middle. Come on. I don't know what it's like to be you guys, but it just must be scary to think about stuff like this happening but that's where the devil wants you to think all the time in fear and what I just told you all from the Bible is from the Bible so in believing it you're not believing me you're believing the Bible that God's people have the power to encircle you with protection that's what it says right? Morgan? It's exactly what it says. And so we're in a process, Audrey, of changing from our feelings to what the Bible says as true. Because the devil will fool with your feelings every day, won't he? I'm really excited to see you middle schoolers up here because I get you next. Let's pray. In the name of Jesus, we pronounce protection around each one of these students. No matter what school they go to, we pronounce the protection of the Lord. We, by faith, move them into the shelter of the Most High. Holy Spirit, come, in the name of Jesus now, and touch them in a deep place so they can know Without a doubt, that you are encircling them with protection. And just like you said in your word, that no arrow will ever strike them, but that you will protect them. We're asking for this because you've invited us to ask for it. And we are laying down a ring of protection around them. We are laying down a ring of protection around their schools in the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. I pray, Father, your Holy Spirit will break a spirit of fear in the heart of any one of these young people or their parents. That you'll break that spirit of fear in Jesus' name. And that you will put in its place a spirit of power. Come, Holy Spirit. We depend on you for this, Lord. We believe in you for this. And because your word says it, we know it to be true. That as for these children, they are safe in the arms of the Lord. We declare it by faith. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now listen, guys. You probably got an idea of what we're doing here, right? We've got a big candle right here. And I'm thinking that we need to think of that as God. It's lit. It's always lit. we got 17 other candles here that are not lit. And I think you get it right. That represents those people who lost their lives on Wednesday. And we're not a very fancy church here lights a lot of candles and stuff. But as I was praying for you guys this week, I thought there are some of you who are just going to find meaning in taking this candle. The first one will just light this candle from the candle of God. And you'll just light any one of these candles. And then you'll hand it to whichever student wants to go next. You don't have to do it. But if you feel like it's something you'd like to do, I'd like you to do it. If there's somebody who'd like to go first, come on up here. Honey. Come on right on up here. Lord Jesus, I thank you for these young people. I thank you for the power of God in their lives. There you go. Step up. Thank you. Step up there, Blake. Step right on up here. Thank you, Lord. up there. There you go. Step right on up there. There we go. Sold it down there. Come on, Morgan. Come right on up, honey. Come on. You see, this is just saying we value these lives, these people. We didn't know them, but their life is important to us. And we're not going to let the devil steal that from us. Put it right down in there, Brian. It'll catch There you go. All right, come on up. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Audrey, would you like to? Come on up, honey. There you go. Thank you, Lord. It's all right, just just leave it there let it lights it's okay there's no time limit although you do need some more fire don't you there you go because the most important thing we're doing is what we're doing right now there you go good job anybody else want to come up again come on up Jake hold it there for a second, Jake. There you go. Anybody else want to be next? Ah, come on up. I really like you, brother. I can't wait to get you. There, let's try to, yeah. See if you, you probably can't see where that thing is, can you? There we go. Jacob, come on. Anybody else want to? You don't have to, but come on, Rachel. Thank you. I just want to make sure every student who wants to comes up before I let your parents come up and light the rest. There you go. Anybody else want to? Any other students? Come on, Abby. Over here behind Rachel. There we go. Thank you. Any others? I'm going to let some parents come up, but I want to make sure. Thomas, you want to come up? Great job. Thanks for leading. That's right. Good job. There you go. Nice. There's three left. Anybody want to come? Any students first. We good? You don't have to, but do you want to? Okay. You probably reach that one, can't you? I know it's scary to come up here. I get that. Uh oh, have to get some more fire. Anybody else want to? Students yet? Okay, sweetie. You can probably reach that. There you go. Oh, well, there's four more, okay. Be just a couple left after this one. There you go. <laughs> Hold it on the side a little bit there. There you go. Just tip it a little bit. There you go. Thanks. Any more students? So got a grandma here is really wanting to come up here and like. Why, why don't you know all the trouble you've had? Why don't I bring one to you? Okay. Let's have one more. Tracy, come on. It's right over there. Can you come around and get that? That's nice. I got to tell you guys this. On Friday of this past week, I signed up for a class I know it's a class called How to Deal with Troubled Teens (laughs) I don't see anybody in our youth group who's troubled but I didn't take it for that it's 8 weeks long it's 3 hours a night (sighs) you know why I took it? I signed up for it. It's right here in Grove City. It's for Grove City parents. I signed up for it because I want to be in the room with the parents who will come for a class like that who say, my teen's troubled and I need help. I want to meet them. I want to be in that room because I want to find my way To Nicholas Cruz, who's the guy who did this last week. I want to find my way to him so that I can tell him about Jesus Christ and rescue him from the voice of the devil in his head. Would you pray for me for that? It's been a long time since I went to school. So would you pray for me for that? Let's sing. Let's just sing. You guys, this candles, no one's ever going to light a candle like that for you because you're in the protection of the Lord.